0: Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe, where is that magnifying glass?
1: How are you doing today? This is Joe Guiana with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And we're here to intellectually think about worldviews. Whatever worldview you may be standing on, we want to weigh that out on a scale with truth and see where we can find contradictions. We'll use history, science, theology, philosophy, and look at the reality that we live in. And does our worldview make sense? Does your worldview make sense? Today, our conversation is going to be genocide. Many people cried out that God committed genocide in the Old Testament as He would run this theocracy. But I want to take a moment to look at these scriptures and see what they really say. But before we do that, we must remember God owes no one nothing. He is the creator. He made us and he could wipe us all out in an instance and have a higher ground that we have all sinned against a holy God. That one day we know that God will judge mankind. He's not going to do like he did in the Old Testament And bring an army to judge another nation. But he will judge mankind on the basis of their actions and the intent of their heart. And he will separate you for those who chose him and those who didn't want anything to do with him. Right? Now he says this, there's nothing you could do to deserve the gift that I've given you that I'll cleanse you from all those sins, I'll wipe them out as far as the east and to the west, but you must come by faith and trust in Him, that He is able, that He is Lord, that you sinned against a holy God, and this is our redemption plan. The other thing I want to say is people are always complaining that God killed people in the Old Testament, and He murdered them, and, and yet... Here we find that God is actually judging a people because they were murdering babies much more. But even for the fact they were putting up these babies on a moloch, on a a statue that was flaming fire, there was this statue, Moloch that the people used to use for a ceremony, and they would take their babies, their firstborn babies, and they would lay them in the hands as it was fiery hot, and yet God condemns them for that, and we still have people complaining that God is judging them for the acts that they've committed against God, because He created them, and they've committed these acts against Him. But I want to get to our verse of the day. It's in First Samuel fifteen, two and 3. And it says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came out of Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them. Kill both man, woman, infant, nursing child, ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. Now just looking at that, we understand that it was a special occasion that God, the wrath of God, was going to be poured out on them. And we will look like we always do at more verses to get better context of what God was saying when he says, Kill both man and woman, infant, nursing child, ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. Now before we get started in, in talking about the context of this, I want you to know that people think that somehow God just comes down, he's going to cause peace on the earth, there will be no violence, and that he's just going to zap everyone every time an army comes against him, every time a nation comes against God, he's just going to... uh Put a gate there that they can't cross over. And the people that he has, Israel, can't go out of those gates. But this is not how God deals with society. It's not how he deals with mankind. He's never done it that way before. He comes right in the midst of where the people are at. And I want you to know that it was a very primitive era to be living in. I mean you would have these fortified cities of soldiers of army that would go and see a village or a city and say, we want that property. And these guys would go down there, wipe everything out, kill man, woman, and child, take everything they want, rape, kill, and murder, then take the possession of the land and burn everything down. And then they would take the slaves with them. This was a normal act of nations living in the primitive time. And this is where God comes down to a people. Now everyone makes the mistake thinking that God came down and he fixes everything. But that's not what happens. God doesn't talk to the other nations so much as he grabs a people. The same people that they were, The same these people worship pagan gods, But God talked to Abraham, and he began to make a distinction, and he says, you guys, not for anything you did, but you are my people, and I'm going to show you how to live in the land. I'm going to teach you things that I want you to prepare in your heart, in your lives, and I'm going to give you The Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, I'm going to give you rules and regulations of how you ought to be living in this life. But God knowing that someday, that in the future events, that this revelation would begin to unfold to a man named Jesus would come down and the government would rest upon Jesus his shoulders and he would take a people and he would die for their sins and he would come to mankind and said, I've made a way for you. And then knowing that after he comes, he will set the whole standard of the revelation that he was trying to say to them that it's time. He said that you can follow him by these two greatest precepts. You know what they were? That you love God with all your heart, might, and soul. And that you love your neighbor as yourself. And so we see when Jesus resurrects and he leaves, he tells his disciples, there's no more of this theocracy. There's no more of this fighting going on in battle. But there's a new way of doing things because it's time. And the revelation, the mysteries that have been hidden for so long are now being revealed, and so we need to see that when we see that God grabs these people. And so when we go on to talk about these people, the Amaleks, very primitive time. People like to say it was genocide. But I want you to know as He chooses these people, it was not about ethnicity, it was not about race. This is about two groups of people. And these two groups of people were God's people and everyone else. It didn't matter if you had a name. It didn't matter if you were from a a tribe or a group. That's not how God looked at things. He saw that it was God's people and then all the rest of the people of the world. So it had nothing to do with ethnicity or the color of your skin. The other thing we must see, and I would have to ask you this question. If you were going to, let's say you were the president, or you had all this power, and you have 7 billion people on earth, and it's your job to judge righteously, to judge all these people. Now, we know that God judges countries, states, cities, and individuals. But what does that look like to you? Because I know now, when I look at a war that's going on, that there's casualties. Because of one man, the president usually, who says, we're going to go to battle for a just cause, or whatever cause it may be, to gain territory, to gain land. But everyone in that nation is part of that war. And so whatever happens, because of one man's decision and his army... It lays out to the whole people that are part of that nation. So I would ask you the question, how would you judge a nation who sinned against God, who's uncompliant time and time again, and violence is all around them in the land that they're living in? How would you judge them? And if you wanted to wipe out their nation, or you wanted to wipe out the city, how would you do that? You see, this is the question that you need to ask yourself. But I want you to see something that's going on. That as God made a promise to Abraham through a covenant, that he will give him this land and territory. The problem is this land and territory, people lived in it. And God knew, because he tells us, that he could not get them in that land until their sin was up to the highest that it could be. Where their sin was so foul. So degenerated that it was time to judge them for who they are. And so let's read what it says here. It says in Genesis fifteen thirteen fourteen and 16. It says, Then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. So we know that Israel went to Egypt, that they took them, and they became slaves for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. So God's already saying, I'm going to judge Egypt for what they're doing to Israel. These things have to play out. Now, do I understand why they all have to play out in the scenario that they do? No, I, I don't. But I do know this. It continues to say this, Afterwards, that they're there for 400 years, I will judge the Egyptians, and afterwards they will come out with great possession. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquities of the Amorites is not yet complete. So here God is saying he just doesn't randomly pick nations and people and say he's going to destroy them. It has to do with their sin. It has to do with judgment that their time is up. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. I thank you for being a part of this first half. Stay with us as we get into the second half of talking about genocide.
0: Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K Praise.
1: Throughout all ages ministry, 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the students' character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85 percent of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith.
0: For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages, 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. Thank you for being here for the second half
1: as we talk about genocide. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. So sure enough, 400 years go by. Israel is coming out of Egypt, and as they get to the other side of the land... There are the Amalek's there. God knew they were going to be there. He talked about this way, you know, five, six hundred years before it was going to happen. And it says this, the Amalek's war with Israel. This is what happens. So Exodus seventeen ten says, so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Ur went up to the top of the hill. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar there and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, and the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. As they came over the other side, they said, hey, let us go. We just want to get to the other side. We won't take anything that's yours. We just want to get to the other side of the land. And the Amalek said, no way. We're coming after you. We're coming with war against you. And those were God's people. And God says, up. Your time's coming up. Your sin is progressing more and more. I'm setting up the stage. The Israel people came out of Egypt as slaves. God's bringing them out. The Amalek's are warring against them. And here God begins to tell us in Deuteronomy twenty-five, seventeen: Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. All the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary and he did not fear God. Therefore, it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around in the land which your Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. So we see that God is going to use Israel to place judgment on the Canaanites and the Amalek's. We see God doing this all the time. He did it with the Babylonians. He did it with the Assyrians, the Persian Medias, the Greeks, and the Roman Empire. He did the same thing. They went to war to judge other nations. So we got to see that God is serious. And he already said about them that their sin is full and I don't know what that looks like, but he's going to wipe them out from the from under heaven. So there are two other times where God does this, right? We find that in Noah's day, that he wipes out all of the earth and mankind with a flood, and he kept Noah and his family, but he wipes them all out. We find with Sodom and Gomorrah that judgment was on. And even though Abraham said, Hey babe, God, if there's 50 righteous, will you destroy the city? He goes, no, I won't destroy it for 50. How about 20? Will you destroy it for 20? No. How about 10? No. And lo and behold, there wasn't even 10 righteous. And God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Now we find that God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. But he also went to Nineveh. And as he was ready to destroy Nineveh, because their sin has reached the heavens, that as he told Jonah to go there and tell them to repent, it says the whole nation actually repented. And so God didn't destroy Nineveh. And all that is just to say this, it's not this random choice that God is doing. And so let's read on. The reason why God pronounces judgments is because... He doesn't want Israel. Remember, he's trying to teach Israel not to be like the nations around them, and so he tells them in Leviticus eighteen twenty-four, "Do not defile yourselves with any of these things, for by all these the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. I am driving them out, for the land is defiled." Therefore, I will visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. And so here are two key words. Although we know that God said, destroy man, woman, child, and donkey, and every cattle that's there, he says it a little different. He says this, For by all these nations are defiled, which I am driving out, Before you, I am casting out before you. For the land is defiled and the land vomits out its inhabitants. So, from this picture, we see that God's got to clear this land from the Amalekites, from the Canaanites. He's got to vomit it out and clean it up. You see, it was these same people that would practice things like bestiality. They would put babies on Moloch and didn't care. incest, ritual prostitution, and anything else that you could think of. This is what the nations were doing. And it was time to judge them. And so God told them, drive them out of the land. So this is what I want you to see. The battlefield. As Israel goes after the Amalek's. those who stayed for battle... Those who didn't care and stayed there on the land, yeah, they wiped them out. But those who fled, they didn't go after them. He was driving them out from the land. That's what God wanted to do. But if they stayed in the war zone, whether man, woman, or child, they were to be wiped out. And so this is not a genocide that's taking place. If they would run, if the women and children would run or go to a different land they wouldn't have to worry about being wiped out. But if they decided to stay there in the war zone, God said, wipe them out. I don't want you to be like them. Remember, this was after 400 years, and now judgment has come to roost. As people gave way to wickedness and evil doing, this would be a capital punishment for them, for all the murders that they've committed and all the wrongs that they've done. And the reason why we know this is the story, that although God said, destroy man, woman, child, woman, beast, and cattle, we know he said that. But we also know that in Judges one twenty eight it says, And it came to pass, when Israel was strong, that they put the Canaanites under tribute, but did not completely drive them out. So not only did they not drive them out, but that was the goal, to drive them out of that land, to push them out, and that was their judgment on them. Therefore, because they didn't drive them out, the Canaanites, the Amalekites. In Judges two three, Therefore God said, I will not dry them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side, and their gods shall be a snare to you. First of all, it wasn't genocide. It was two people. It had nothing to do with race or ethnicity. And when he told them to wipe them out, yes, if they are in the battlefield, the battle is going on. But if they run fled, that God would just drive them out of the land. That was the purpose that he wanted to do to them. And when we talk about some of these babies that got caught up in the war zone, because I'm sure there were some, and when they got caught up in that war zone, I love what Abraham says. Abraham says, will the judge of the earth do what's right? You see, throughout Scripture, you find that God is always looking at the children who don't know, the babies, the infants, that if they get murdered, if things happen to them, God is going to do what is right. And more than likely, they will be living with Him in in heaven, in paradise. And so we can say that about the kids. But this was not genocide like a lot of people like to make it to seem. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics, and we'll see you next week. We find ourselves in a peculiar place in history. The church is expanding ministries, engaging in real-life battles, yet... In this next decade, the pendulum for our youth, college, and young adults will need to be undergirded by the very fabric of what they have learned and are learning in the churches across the world. Throughout all ages, is purposely designed to bring clear and easy answers to tough questions. We've spent days, hours at schools, parks, malls, To give answers to the young and old. However, we cannot defy statistics. Studies show that 65 to 75% of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. This is sobering. We want to hit the very questions that are bringing doubt to our young kids. You see, we know what these questions are. We've dealt with them day in and day out. You see, most of these questions that bring on doubt can be answered easily and decisively. Questions like, out of the 300 million gods, why is your God better than all of them? The Bible is primitive old and written by men, why should we believe it? I believe science that can be tested and proven, not this hocus pocus religion. If God is all powerful, why does he let death and suffering and murder go on? You see, we got a task before us.